to the Wesson Walker Show on a football Friday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Are you excited for your team's matchups this weekend? Big college football games on the horizon. Panthers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. So it's a lot, a lot of football action going on. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. And without further ado, it's time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. Duke has a monster matchup with Notre Dame this weekend. And so with that said, the Blue Devils, they have a mantra that they've been playing by this week. And we heard it being talked about early in the season after the Duke Blue Devils beat the Clemson Tigers. Riley Leonard talked about how his mom and him have the running joke about telling him that he sucks. And he now has wristbands that he wears on his wrist that says, you suck. And so the Duke Blue Devils have adopted this mantra of you suck. And so this is helping them to be able to play big time football and not get too ahead of themselves. So Walker, do you think that Riley Leonard's mom may be helping to spark a special Duke season. Whatever works for him. If you need to hear you suck, then that's fine. We talked about it with Riley Leonard at ACC kickoff, and he's got the wristband on. Yes. And he gets to look at it as a reminder. What's funny is when he tells the story, it, his mom seems reluctant to do so. Riley, uh, Riley was adamant that his mom tell him that he sucks, and she didn't really want to do it. And so she would say, I love you, but you suck. But I love you. And it was funny to hear the reluctance in which he had to say that. Maybe, man. I'm going to put it more to Mike Elko being what is an excellent coach so far through the first two seasons at Duke. The defense being good no matter what stop Mike Elko has made along the way. Riley Leonard not even having to air it out, really, and still beating these teams by double digits every single game. I'm going to put it more on that, but maybe Riley Leonard's mom helps a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of teams, man, you always try to find little bits of motivation to help spark your team. And so they've got a massive game coming up, game day in Durham for the first time. And I think teams having little stuff like that, it just helps them. This is a very mature group. We'll see if it's going to help them. Whoa. Against, I know, right? What's good? That was a weird voice. Yeah, it was like, you know, I'll describe it to you during the break. Okay. All right. So when you come out, though, and you got a big game like they have, we'll see if that will help them to be able to knock off the Notre Dame fighting Irish. So tonight in Raleigh, big one also, Louisville and NC State, man. NC State has won 17 of its last 19 games. In Carter-Finley Stadium, we've talked about the problems with the offense, averaging 24 points a game. And this offense is near the bottom of the ACC, not playing very well. But true freshmen account for 33% of NC State's production. So maybe there's some help on the way. Guys continue to develop. Brendan Armstrong, he's thrown for 859 yards, five touchdowns, completing 60% of his passes. Louisville, though, holds an 8-4 and four lead in this series. The Wolfpack has also won its last seven home openers when you talk about ACC play. And got to give some props here. I've been saying his name a little bit, but out of Chambers High School, my old high school that used to be Vance High School, KC Concepcion leads the NC State Wolfpack in receiving through five games. He's got 22 catches where he enters the fifth game, which is tonight, with 22 catches for 238 yards. Led the team in catches each of his first four games. But Louisville is definitely coming in. With some big dogs, check this out. Walker quarterback Jack Plummer has tossed 10 touchdown passes in the first four games, but he's averaging 
41 yards per play on those 10 touchdowns this season. We talked about Jamari Thrash and the crew. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the nation. The Pack definitely have their work cut out for them. The offense has been very good, and here you are talking about just the the deep passing attack that Plummer is able to exploit against opposing defenses. Man, how about the running attack? You look at Jawar Jordan. Can I interest you in almost 10 yards per carry yeah, through thick. four weeks? That's crazy. To see him, and it's not like he's only doing this because he's got, you know, one carry for 75 yards, which happened against Boston College. But this man went for 18 carries against Boston College on 134 yards, 113 on 18 carries. He went for 135 on seven against Murray State and against Georgia Tech in the opener, seven carries for 96. This man has only one game under 100 yards where he was only four yards away from the century mark. And he's had seven carries in the first two games, and he still was able to reach the century mark. Reminds me a little of Travis Etienne in that regard. Remember how crazy his yards per carry were yeah. in the first two years, mm-hmm. and then he starts to see a bigger role. Well, he saw a bigger role against Indiana and Boston College. The run game, while we like what Plummer's doing, this offense in general, in part because of the way that they're able to hit you for a home run play on the ground, that's going to be tough for this NC State defense, despite how disciplined and sound they usually are. Yeah, and so I think that when you look at NC State's defense, they are playing pretty decent football. Again, like it's the same story with them. It seems to be that the defense is there, and they're ready to play, and then the offense just isn't joining them because NC State leads the ACC in third down defense. Uh, Peyton Wilson is one of the nation's leading tacklers, so he's playing great football. 11 and a half tackles per game. That's fifth in the FBS, so he's playing dominant football. This defense, man, they're trying to hold it down except for in the Notre Dame matchup, but again, they're really going to have their hands full with a very balanced breakfast as I like to say, in the Louisville Cardinals. Wolfpack James wrote in on the text line, I'm not saying I'm confident in NC State, but I'm excited to see how we play against what seems to be a good opponent. The weird thing is, I think Louisville fans might be saying the same thing. Because if you look at Louisville's schedule so far, they beat Boston College. Yes, they're 4-0, which is really, that's the battle that you need to go after. But here they are at 4-0, Indiana, Boston College. Those are the two Power 5 wins that they have. And those aren't good football teams. So this is a real test to get you know, to a four and zero stands for um, Louisville, mm-hmm. or excuse me, five and zero chance for them to to do that at mm-hmm. the beginning portion of the season. And NC State, we all knew they weren't as good as Notre Dame. Perhaps they could have pulled off the upset, but really a very similar matchup for each of these teams. Okay, you're not facing anybody that's crazy and unbeatable, but it's the first true, real, like fifty fifty test for each of these squads. It is a big old game tonight between both of those. Definitely. Two. And now, so when we look at another team in the ACC. My Demon Deacons, man, listen, not looking good. Take the loss to Georgia Tech this weekend. And Mitch Griffiths, a guy I was high on after what I saw from him in the spring. First couple of games, he was putting up pretty good numbers, but then the turnovers you worried about a little bit. It came to a head against Georgia Tech. He had three interceptions. Wake's offense as a whole had five turnovers. We know for the Demon Deacons, that is not their MO. They've always been a team that more times than not is going to win the turnover battle. Post-game, as I was listening to the post-game, Dave Carlson was not happy, okay? And when he talked about Mitch Griffiths, he said this has been a four-week problem as far as him holding the football too long and not doing the things that he needs to do distributing the football. So to give you his stat line against Georgia Tech, 16 of 30, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is not good enough. It's time ticking on Mitch Griffiths. 
to be able to get his things together or is he going to be finding himself watching yet again for the Demon Deacon? Yeah, it perked up a little bit at some of this uh, <laughs> disappointing, you know, the the, the turnovers. It, the Old Dominion game is the problem. Yeah. I mean, because the fact that you were in that contest, that you allowed Old Dominion to, to stay in that game as long as you did, you had to come back and beat them because of your first half struggles. It was good that he showed up in the second half, but if you're a Wake Forest fan, you'd rather just you know take care of them pretty easily. And that didn't happen in part because your quarterback wasn't very good. You're right about them taking care of the football more often than not. A lot of that is because you had such an experienced quarterback with Sam Hartman. Mm -hmm. But the turnovers would come in waves. We can go back to last year. Oh, God, the Louisville game. Don't remind me. <laughs> the Louisville game was bad. He had three interceptions. And remember, the next week, three interceptions against NC State and that loss for Sam Hartman. So when you talk about the inter like the turnovers, they come in waves. The question is, does it continue for Mitch Griffiths or does it come to a halt? Because that's kind of how it would happen with Sam Hartman last year. Hopefully it does because now it's it's not so confident anymore that we feel about Mitch Griffiths. Oh, okay, he'll just, you know, receive this baton just like the quarterbacks before right. Sam Hartman, like the quarterback before John Walford, Jamie Newman, whoever was going to be suiting up for Wake Forest. You felt good about whoever it was. This is the first time you've had some real, real doubt about what's going to happen with the QB at hand. Well, big time, tough test. They got a bye week this week, but then when they come back, take that trip down to Death Valley to see the Tigers. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be course. very interesting to see how things play out in Winston-Salem. And then Walker, your Charlotte 49ers conference opener, taking on 2-2 two and two, SMU. Charlotte's defense, man, they're going to lean on them heavily. They held Maryland without a touchdown for the first half, held Florida without a touchdown in the last three quarters. They've had 13 tackles for loss and five sacks in the last two games. They've scored the same number of touchdowns as their opponents on the season. Ten, Charlotte's averaging six tackles for loss and 2.3 sacks per game. We've talked about Iabi Oki Anoma, the Michigan transfer that's been coming in, playing great football as well. And then Charlotte Rossi, man, there's talent there. They've got Oki Anoma, who was a five-star transfer out of Michigan. They've got uh, other guys who are four-star transfers. They've got 49 transfers that were three stars or better. So there's talent there. Open up against SMU. Quarterback Preston Stone, he's got 1,056 passing yards, nine passing touchdowns on the season. That's second in the AAC. And SMU has the number three scoring offense and defense in the AAC. Will the 49ers get their conference slate started off right versus SMU or just your thoughts coming into this game as we do picks later in the show. SMU highly thought of coming into this season. They were towards the top in the preseason rankings. The only two losses they have, one is on the road against Oklahoma. The other loss they suffered this past weekend on the road against TCU. The wins, Louisiana Tech and Prairie View A&M. The only times the offense went crazy, it was against those opponents, right? Against Louisiana Tech for 38-69 against Prairie View A&M. Preston Stone's been good. You mentioned him being second in the conference in total passing yards, but he hasn't had the monster explosive day. Second in passing touchdowns, fourth in passing. There you go. So second mm -hmm. in passing touchdowns, not a monster explosive day. Yeah. Hovering around 250. Rushing attack also, at least if you just look at their top running back, 128 by Johnson Jr., Knighton, and then Wheaton the last two. So it's a little bit of a committee for them. They can, they can put some yards up on you. I do think Charlotte's defense is going to be good enough to hold them in check and keep Charlotte in this game. I really 
really hope this offense can run for a lot of yards. Yeah, and I also think, too, the the two games that they played, I mean, Maryland and Florida, both of those teams are playing good football. So I think that's going to prepare them for this conference slate and have them ready, man, because they've seen uh, two pretty good teams thus far. So we'll see if Pogey and the crew can get this thing done uh, because I feel like this is a very gettable game. SMU sitting there at 2-2. and And Charlotte, if that defense continues to play like they have, they've got to be confident in that. Jalen Jones, he leads the 49ers in rushing, 261 yards, three touchdowns. He scored touchdowns in three of Charlotte's four games and has been the team's leading rusher in each of the last three games. And also Charlotte has had a 100-yard receiver in two of the last three games. So there are some signs there that the offense is, you know, baby steps. Big game for them. And now now that you're in conference play and you're going to be taking on SMU, you're feeling decent about the way that you performed against Florida, but the fact of the matter is it's been it'll have been close to a month since your win. Your only win on the season. If you don't get one against SMU, yeah, Biff Pogey, a little bit of pressure here, you know, just to get everybody back in the good graces.